da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Are you seriously? It's showtime. This is a rare week on the Mad About Movies podcast for several reasons. Um, there's a lot of movies that are currently out right now, and honestly, it was too hard to choose. We could either sit through a space drama, epic, thriller, whatever you want to call it, or Power Rangers. So, um, actually, <laughs> what we chose to do was do both, uh, unfortunately. And uh, I'm not sure why we actually chose to do that, but we did. And uh, this week, we'll be covering Life, which came out this past weekend, the space drama epic thriller. That's the genre I'm calling it. And um, next week, we'll be joined by a guest, or at some point in the next few days, be joined by a guest to talk about Power Rangers. So I'm sure that will be very exciting for every party involved. Also coming up this week on the show, we've got another throwback episode. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. You're just going to have to refresh your app here in the next few days to find out. And a lot of movie talk to, to discuss a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about in the movie news rumors rumblings world um but welcome to the show guys brian richard how you guys doing tonight i'm good buddy how is uh how's where are you phoenix is that right i am in arizona experiencing the terrors the nightmare of hotel internet i think it's actually a novella mm. by stephen king it's his upcoming thriller <laughs> Hotel Internet by Stephen King. Look for the miniseries yeah. on HBO coming soon. But it's the worst. Sure. It's actually the the eighth Dark Tower book. Yeah, right. The Dark Tower Eight. <laughs> Hotel Internet. That's a hit. Uh, but nonetheless, the show must go on. Uh, so here we are. And uh, again, like I said earlier, lots to talk about. And I want to welcome the people who are joining the show for the first time this week. We are currently on the front page of iTunes, which is always a nice little surprise feature to have shout out to the iTunes podcast fam that we have and uh, always support the show and give us as much promo as they can and all that good stuff. And we really, really appreciate that. So welcome if this is your first time joining us. Um, but there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And I think one thing has kind of overridden all the other things as far as uh, priorities go and movie news, rumors, rumblings tonight. Um, a little trailer dropped uh, over the past week, and uh, it did. A few I trailers did actually. We yeah, some good trailer talk tonight. There's a lot of trailers. Uh, CinemaCon is happening right now. I believe it's in Las Vegas. Um, people getting over the fact that the Raiders are coming there, so they got to do something, right? <laughs> Brian, Brian's a Raider fan, so I'm sure you're excited, Brian, about just going to Vegas every other weekend. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a Raider fan. I just like an admirer, maybe. Just kind of a that was the team of my youth, and now I look upon them as sort of how you would a an ex girlfriend that you yeah, have like a or good a breakup with. From the very same youth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't love a terrible bowl cut in 2017? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times, and for Raider Nation, uh, which is one of the worst. One of the worst terminologies ever. Yeah, can we but talk about this? They can this? say it. They can get. They get it. Raider yeah, Nation get gets it. it, and I I can even give it to the Red Sox whenever they want to claim it. I guess, but mm. everybody else, we got to stop. Okay, what's stop worse? What's more of a plague on linguistics? 
Blank Nation, Blank uh-huh. Strong, oh. or there's a third one. Oh, gosh. I've actually been meaning to bring this up for a while. Blank Nation, Blank Strong, there's a third one that just everyone, and it's always like like Boston Strong, very cool, uh, yeah. you know, meaningful mm-hmm. thing. But then it's like, you'll yeah. just see a thing that's like, Lake Worth Strong. It's like, ugh. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight out of also needs to stop. That's a, that's oh, a yeah. strong... We got to get rid of that. Um, No one is up there. Yeah, Nation drives me crazy. That one, I'm not a fan of. Every sports radio station or like bad afternoon drive shows, like, right? What up? At least we came up with Mam Fam. That's good, you know. Right. That's (laughs) unique. But if we called it Mam Nation, hey Mam Nation, email us. We'll be right back. We'll be taking (laughs) calls after this Mam Nation. (laughs) <laughs> Dear windshield wipers, ever you know, when commercial comes in, the jarring talk radio commercial has nothing to do with you. Just I always like it on like sports radio or on political radio when they're like, and that's why the end of our country is minutes away. We'll be right back. I'll never forget hail damage uh, at training camp a couple of years ago. We practiced against the Raiders, and. I never really thought about it. Like, how can I define the Raider fan, right? Like, what what one thing could I say that totally defines what they're about? Well, they helped me out. Uh, basically, half the crowd was Raider fans and half the crowd was Cowboy fans. And the, the uh, Cowboys fans chant, like, uh, before the scrimmage was, let's go Cowboys, right? Let's go Cowboys. Like, totally fine, normal chant. The Raiders chant was, Cowboys suck. Like that just defines everything about their. Like we're not even going to cheer on our team. We're just going to try to beat you down with how much you suck and how much yeah. we hate you. So that's a uh, not to offend any Raider fans. Yeah. but I actually am trying to offend Raider fans. I don't like you. But so enough NFL Raider talk for this week. I know we I usually open the show with twenty minutes of Oakland Raiders discussion, but that can wait for this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> You guys always delete it, though. That's what, That's the problem. You always delete my Raiders commentary. It's weird. That's why we have so many listeners, is because we're the best movie-slash-Oakland Raiders <laughs> podcast that's ever existed, I think. We, we hit a small, very hungry demographic. Um, so, that's right. CinemaCon happening in Las Vegas this week. A lot of positive vibes coming out. A lot of sneak peeks at some upcoming movies. Uh, I think Blade Runner footage was screened. Uh, I think the new Jumanji reboot footage mm. was screened. And, uh, of course, Transformers The Last Night, which we're all very excited to see. Because <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be. I mean, it, it could be completely different. I mean, it, we think it's going to be Transformers and explosions. But, I mean, the footage is only going to tell what we're, in, yeah. what we're in for. I mean, I have no idea, honestly, what to expect with Transformers. And I'm actually saying that in probably the most sarcastic way that I could ever say anything ever. So. <laughs> we we do know there will be a dragon in this one, so that's. Are they going to wait till it's, it's going to be a two and a half hour movie? In the last six minutes, you're going to be able to see the dragon, like they did with the the Dinobots, <laughs> the Dino, uh, the Dinobots. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, but what I want to talk wait. about is a trailer that dropped this past week, and I don't know how many hundreds of people sent us this trailer or comments on it, <laughs> but. Um, Justice League trailer <laughs> dropped. I guess it's the first full trailer. We've seen a teaser trailer in the past. It's the first kind of real look at it. And, uh, I mean, Snyder is just Snydering the heck out of this thing, man. I mean, <laughs> oh. I thought he kind of kind of Boy. played it 
I mean, took it easy, to be honest, on, uh, you know, jar of piss aside in uh, Batman v Superman. Like, he didn't, he, wa- he wasn't going full snide. I mean, this one, he's just like, all right, what, I'm just going to do Sucker Punch with the Justice League heroes. Like, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, not even going to attempt to make this realistic in any sort of sense or, or way. And uh, that seems to be the case with with Justice League. Um, I mean, I prefer the realistic look at, at superheroes now. I think the the most successful ones we've had are the more uh, down-to-earth ones we've seen, you know? Like, the Avengers was, believe it or not, more down-to-earth than mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff we're seeing lately. Of course, the Dark Knight, uh, even Deadpool had a kind of a realistic sense to it, especially even the Netflix series that they're that are going on, the Daredevils and the, uh, the Luke Cages of the world. That's how I prefer my superheroes, my my universes that I like to explore in superheroes. I, I like the the realistic gritty approach, and uh, this is taking the gritty approach, but not necessarily the realistic one. I mean, uh, not one environment looks like any place on the earth. Uh, I don't know if that's on purpose at all, but it looks like they just put them in front of a green screen, like we're just going to make the sky orange with fire, and you guys are just going to fly across the screen and yell things at each other and uh the batmobile is the physics aren't going to work at all like they should with the batmobile it's just going to be tumbling and rolling and doing crazy things and it seems like they're pulling out all the stops with the uh with the justice league and it's a little bit sad because mm-hmm. all we know is batman v superman was not what anybody wanted it to be i don't even think batman fans <laughs> can agree that it's what they wanted it to be. Maybe they say they liked it for what it was, but it's it's not the movie that everybody had wanted, of course. Um, and after that, we have Aquaman, which is, we don't know. We have The Flash, which we've seen on TV, but this is a different, whole different iteration of The Flash. And Wonder Woman, which is still TBD, but the buzz is not strong at all uh, for Wonder Woman this coming summer. So... What do we have to look forward to with Justice League? Uh, the fact that these heroes are all going to be well, together. The fact that it's coming out. So we, yeah. by definition, have to look forward to it. That's exactly <laughs> Other it. than I mean, that, nothing. <laughs> it's a movie called The Justice League, which is, that's what we know. And so that's what we're going into with the, the notion. I mean, uh, this could be fine. Uh, I don't see it being fine, but there's always a possibility that it could just be a fun throwaway enjoyable blockbuster you know that's the hope here but all signs are pointing elsewhere um well what did you guys think of the trailer brian oh man i (laughs) i will i i will say this in in defense of trailer and (laughs) yeah I mean, a little Godsmack is fine, but if you're going to go that far, you might as well yeah, go all in. It's a continuum. It's a continuum. Uh, it's either a yeah. little bit or a ton. I just, yeah, we haven't we haven't seen nearly enough Godsmack in superhero trailers in the last ever. But uh, the only thing that I that I feel like I can say in defense of trailer and I think of what I expect of this movie is kind of what you said, Kent. I there is something to be said for. Snyder just going full Snyder and going all in on uh, his particular vision and 
and aesthetic uh, that I hate. I, I, I hate, 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 hate everything that he, he puts on screen. Um, I think it is, I think it's, I think he doesn't get it. I don't think he knows how to make a good movie at all. But I, but I guess you can say part of the issue of Batman v Super of one of the millions of issues is that you can kind of tell there's a there's a, and we we heard about it from the you know behind the scenes and all the recuts and stuff like that. Like there's definitely some sort of conflict between Snyder and Warner Brothers and how this will be put to screen and whatnot. And I think you can tell that in the movie this this one kind of seems like uh i'm just going all in and you can't tell me anything and um so we're we're definitely gonna get his vision for the things i i think the trailer's terrible and i know we had a few people who responded positively to it more more people than not who uh who tweeted at us or emailed us or replied to anything that we posted and whatnot were i think we're on our side of like man this looks really horrible uh but there were a few people who are impressed by it and i i saw plenty of twitter appreciation i (laughs) i don't know man like i just have to say this like i we try at least i try i don't want to speak for you guys i try really hard when we come on here and we do a show we've always said from the very beginning you're gonna get our honest opinion on whatever we think whether this the movie is good whether the movie is bad whether we like things or dislike things we're, we're always gonna say those things and i'm i am always i think pretty strong in my opinion but i've tried really hard over the years that we do this to say to kind of temper my um, review of 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 most movies, especially ones that are um, widely appreciated, by saying like, "Hey, this is this is how I view it," and I understand that there's uh, there's subjectivity to that and whatnot. I I think the look, like I know there are people that really like this look that that Snyder brings. I think objectively, it is a horrible aesthetic like i don't i don't feel like that's opinion like i feel like this is the i think it's the ugliest possible way to make a movie that he just is fixated on it the the footage from this movie and the the cgi and the dark terrible uh gray wash is awful is assaulting on the eyes to me and that's so of course that's what i expect from the movie because you're not going to get everything you you everything you're not going to learn everything about a movie from a trailer but you can definitely get tone and you can definitely get a sense of style and what's going to be on screen and if this is what it is then like how how am i possibly going to like this movie you know it just i'll i'll offer the counter argument i i have said on several times here that uh, Snyder normally knows how to make a really pretty good trailer and it leads to a pretty terrible movie. So maybe this will be great. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like maybe he's figured out how to of flip it. Yeah. yeah. And the trailer's garbage and then it's just going to be awesome. Um, yeah. It's so Snydery, man. Just like down the music cues, even Ugh. it's not so much like, obviously it's got that white stripes song in there. We all like the white stripes, but like, that's such a the only thing more like unoriginal would be Seven Nation Army in there. So it's like not even a cool yeah. choice. Yeah. You know, it's a fine song, but like, you know, that's been done in everything. And then you throw the Beatles come together by covered by God's back. It's like seriously, if that would be on the too on the nose. Like if we if we had written a fake uh Justice League trailer and been like, and then 
Godsmack covering <laughs> the Beatles comes on and put it on like our <laughs> newsletter, everyone would have yeah. emailed us and been like, guys, I mean, there's no, I mean, that's a little too on the nose, guys. There's no <laughs> way that would happen. And it really did. It was like a parody trailer. <sighs> I yeah. saw a comment. When that kicked yeah. in, like the first two notes, it's like, oh my gosh, no, no. Are you kidding me? Not only is it Godsmack, but it's Godsmack. <laughs> Covering the Beatles, which is double A, and, and it's yeah. Godsmack covering the Beatles in 2017. <laughs> like that's the funniest yeah. part. And like the most, yeah, the most overplayed covered Beatles song ever. Just oh, the um, a band yeah. from you know just coasting past their high point of 2001. You know, just a <laughs> past it. I don't even think Godsmack fans like Godsmack in 2017. Like, I think even they're over it. Oh, I hope um, not. But Snyder loves it. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about him. I saw a comment on our Twitter that said, uh, well, didn't you think that Bruce Wayne joke was funny where they asked him, what's your superpower? And he says, I'm rich. Uh, 99.994% chance that's the funniest line in the movie. Like, there's no question about that. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, yeah. that's in the trailer. As soon as they screen the movie, like that, 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 that that's hilarious. Um, oh my god, that's in the trailer. That oh, that only gonna... asks Aquaman to swim in a giant vat <laughs> vat of urine. Um, that part's pretty funny too. But he ups the jar because it's a sequel, right? You can't just you can't right. just stop at a jar yeah. of urine. Yeah. Urine. So that's a pretty good scene. And he pranks him so hard when Aquaman dives in. <laughs> totally pranked. You know what's going to be the most depressing part about this? And spoilers coming up right now for Batman v Superman. Slight spoilers. Um, I don't. I actually kind of hope I spoil it for you. Uh, Superman dies at the end of Batman v Superman, right? And uh, what the most depressing part of this is is you know they're going to bring Superman back for Justice League, and they're going to try and make it this huge epic moment like. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like we saw yeah. Luke Skywalker at the end of The Force Awakens, right? It's like the first time we've seen him in 30 years on screen as that character, and everyone's just like, oh, it's Luke, you know, like it had that big moment. They're going to try and do this with uh, Superman, but it's Henry Cavill as Superman, yeah. which nobody really gives a crap about if he ever comes <laughs> back, you know? <laughs> and they were really open that he's like, he's like, he's, lo- they, they announced that he's, you know, working out for Justice League like a year ago. So they couldn't even keep a lid on it. You know, like they couldn't even build the intrigue of maybe no, he's definitely coming back. Like they they promoted him getting in the shape for this. So like it kind of kills the whole point. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh you can't even do that right. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But I, I understand another trailer dropped on the opposite spectrum of superhero uh Ville and uh Spider Man homecoming the Marvel First Marvel Spider-Man, I guess. Marvel Studios Spider-Man uh, trailer dropped. I haven't gotten to see this yet, but Brian, I understand you did. What do you think of it? Yeah, it's it's really good. There's there's several scenes that we've already seen. You know, it's, it, there's some uh, reprisal of what we've already gotten to see in the first real trailer, but it looks good. It it shows a lot more. I think I think we're gonna get a lot of Spider Man and Iron Man together or or Tony Stark. And I'm excited about that because I I quite I like well, A, I like Robert Downey Jr., but I, I think he is 
so fun to work off of on screen, especially in that role. So that'll be really good for for the character and for Tom Holland himself. I think we got a real good glimpse at uh, at American Treasure Michael Keaton doing the Vulture thing. Yeah, it looks really good, man. Like if you don't like Marvel movies and and if you're beaten down by uh, the Spider Man that keeps just coming back, I I, I get it. I understand, um, but I <laughs> the it's just. Gosh, just aesthetically, the vast difference between this and Justice League, it's immediately like, gosh, I feel yeah, so refreshed I mean, just I, being able to, to see this on like screen. Like I always said, like I'm not I'm I have some Marvel fatigue at this point. And sure and same. I I say like the worst thing you could say about Marvel movies is that they're formulaic at this point. There's not a whole lot of stakes, but you know, they're well made and there's a they're cohesive and there's definitely a narrative arc to all of them and an overall narrative arc that they're telling through all the movies. Um, the worst thing you could say about just or you know this this WB DC movies is that there's a piss jar in them. Right. So a little bit of difference. <laughs> the difference is reference. It's a very right. simple difference, Richard. The God. difference is there's humor in Marvel Studios. What they do, like there's a little ounce of humor in almost everything they do. There's not one smidgen of humor in anything Warner Brothers DC does. Mm-hmm. And it's very, I mean, you could say, I know we're going to get emails. Well, if you knew the DC universe, you know that it's a very, it's always been very dark and serious and it's more realistic. Right Look at, you know, the, uh, you got, uh, yeah, the dark Knight returns and <laughs> Bruce Wayne struggling to become the man he always wanted to be. And Clark those Kent are the only struggling. comics I've ever read, by the way. And I like them. So right. I'm like team DC in theory, right. but but Superman I also is have eyes yeah. and ears. Superman is the the brightest superhero ever. He's the, he is he's supposed to be like the representation of humanity. Like uh you know, uh he's supposed to bring joy to to everyone across the world. Like they worship him as a god, right? Would you worship Henry Henry Cavill Superman as a god if he was in the real world? Like just the uh just the persona and everything. Like it didn't bring me joy. Like Christopher Reeve <laughs> When you see him as Superman, it brings your heart joy. You know what I mean? Like it, it has that feeling of hope, you know, that you want in a superhero. Uh, not, nothing DC has done yeah, has like, the hope. Like, I've brought this up on the show several times, and I'll say it again. You can critique on all sides and, and go on and on, and we have. But the only thing you really need to say about DC thus far, and I hope they turn it around, is they had a Batman versus Superman movie – and made it full of like torture and darkness and emotional wrath and vengeance. And then they had a Justice League movie and made it ostensibly for children. Like to miss on that simple of a decision, like we have <laughs> we have this movie <laughs> with Superman in it and Batman who can go either way, right? Superman's definitely like a kiddie superhero, like along the sides of Spider Man and stuff like that. Um Batman can can fluctuate. That's what makes Batman great. But okay, he's in this with Superman. Okay, cool. So we're gonna make that a gritty, like Eli Roth hostile, as hard as we can push the PG thirteen <laughs> as much as we can. And then we have this <laughs> other movie about a group of murderers led by a psycho clown, <laughs> and we're like, that's the one we gotta sell toys with. <laughs> like to to miss on that just tells you everything you need to know. And we're going to call it Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Would Marvel Studios ever produce a movie called Suicide Squad? I mean, 
come on, guys. Well, let's, they did. Let's, they, you yeah. know, they do like what Fox did, and they would just make it R-rated and only market it to adults and remove all <laughs> doubt. But then you yeah. like and be competent. Yeah, but they're like, it, no, we're you know. we're, <laughs> we're counting on these weird. <laughs> I need these. Uh, Jai Courtney's got to sell action figures, so we got to get these going. Oh, Jai Courtney. <laughs> They tried to make that a thing again, and it didn't work at all. Um, all right. I'm kind of done. Well, I'll be telling my kids one day Yeah, that I went to see the new Jai Courtney, so you guys just <laughs> you guys just enjoy that. I'll be worshiping his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame someday, so <laughs> see you there. All right. That's enough trailer talk, news talk, depressing trailer talk, or whatever, what have you. Um, let's move on, guys. Talk about our movie of the week, take a little break, come back, and uh, talk about life. Boom. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, so this movie actually got bumped forward, right? This was supposed to be, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, a late... May release? Summer release? Yeah. Yeah, there was very confusing on the... Like, when we did our schedule for the first half of the year, which, you know, just so you know, we actually do plan these things out in advance. It's weird, I know. But uh, we had this on the schedule twice because several of the outlets, like IMDb and such, had this on the schedule twice. And we weren't really sure when it was going to come out until like a month ago, month ago, maybe six weeks. I mean, it was it really wasn't very long ago. They're like, yes, it is definitely coming out March, whatever, 24th or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I actually, 
Uh, I want to start this one off. I, I really didn't know what to expect here. Uh, to be honest, this looked like a ripoff. Like, let's just combine gravity and alien, right? Let's put a, let's basically do gravity with a crew and, uh, and, and throw an alien in there, right? It, it, it kind of has the scale of, oh, oh we're only going to be in space, but we're right outside the Earth's orbit, which is, uh, similar to gravity, but it has the kind of, you know, a uh, rough riders aspect of alien, like this ragtag group of, of different people all kind of coming together for the same cause, these extreme personalities. And, uh, and I think they certainly accomplished that with, uh, as far as creating a cast that all are kind of vastly different, uh, in their, and what they bring to the table. Ryan Reynolds is kind of the sarcastic, crazy one. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is more of the sensitive, you know, crybaby one and so on. So I think they accomplished that, but, um, I'll be honest, uh, the trailer of this really didn't get me. I saw people or I heard people in the theater that were super creeped out by the trailer and like, that looks terrifying and all the above. I didn't, wasn't really terrified. I mean, in a post alien world, we are, I'm kind of used to that kind of scare, you know, that kind of, um, suspense. So I kind of knew what to expect from that front, but didn't know what this movie was going to bring as far as the other aspects, the exploration, the cinematography, the, uh, the commentary on kind of international relations that it had that I didn't expect at all. And I didn't really expect this to be kind of as well paced as it was. Uh, I was really impressed with how this movie moves along from scene to scene kind of really seamlessly. And it's, it's, uh, the Deadpool writers wrote this and I found that out after the fact. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot oh, of really? sense. Yeah. And, uh, and, it brought it brought me a lot of joy to watch this movie. I was really I was really into this movie for a time. I was guessing a lot about what was going to happen. Um kept me on my toes. I really I didn't know who was going to die when. I didn't know who was going to survive. Uh I didn't know what the alien was or what it was going to become. And uh I I think I was really pleasantly surprised with this movie. And um I think it starts out great. Uh the kind of opening shot of the film is kind of this horizon shot of the earth and the sun kind of peeking around the earth. And then we see the ISS kind of come around the horizon and it's this beautiful shot. I mean, I wish I could have taken a picture of it in my, with my phone as I was watching it. It was just a gorgeous, like I want to set it as my background of my computer. You know, it's like the, this beautiful, like perfectly symmetrical shot of the ISS and the sun and the earth's kind of a horizon coming around there. And I was like, man, this is, this is already really pretty. And then we get this great tracking shot like through the ISS. I don't know what kind of set they built for this, but it was very impressive. I'm assuming there's some kind of ISS set that's just out there in Hollywood, you know, because so many movies have to deal with space stations and everything. Like they have to have kind of built one, like some kind of replica that you can rent or like they trade off between studios because to do all that for one movie, to build all that, infrastructure for one movie seems like a waste and uh i was just really impressed with how realistic the actual iss the interior of the iss was with this film uh i have problems with it too there's logic leaps like you know like prometheus has like why would anybody take their helmet off on a on a uh 
on a planet that you've never been to and there's you know there are aliens there you know like there's certain stuff like that would never happen in real life there's there's several of those those kind of moments in this like what the he- you're just screaming at the screen like what the heck are you doing you know kind of thing but um i don't know i think uh i think like i said the pacing of it and uh, the thriller aspect of it really does kind of win this one for me. Uh, it's predictable, yeah, but also unpredictable. Like I knew there was some kind of twist coming in this movie. Didn't really know what that was going to be, but I was I was waiting for it. Uh, I was waiting for a catch, if you will, and uh, we got it in the last scene. And I was like, whoa! I, I, I mean, the last scene, I was just like, oh man, you know, coming out of the theater. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by this. Uh, this was, man, I, 2017 has been just freaking awesome. Let me just let me just reiterate that. I mean, like every week I've gone, we've gone to the movies. Pretty much, I've been either pleasantly surprised or blown away by the movies that we've seen. Uh, this has been a great year for smaller yeah. movies, and, and this is the kind of window that we're in right now, the spring, where they're just kind of throwing stuff against the wall, and and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens, yeah. you know. Uh Get Out was one that I'm sure no one knew what to expect when they when they put out Get Out, you know. Um it's just it was good, but didn't know if it had an audience, didn't know if people would attach themselves to it, and it's it's made, you know, a ton of money. Um mm-hmm. this is uh this is no different. This is a, a pleasant surprise for me and, and one of my favorites of the year so far. I think this is gonna go down as one of the most underrated movies of the year. I've seen a lot of criticism criticism for it online about oh all this stuff was in the trailers it's too predictable but uh, i thought it was really smart and uh again you know space movies aren't easy to make in any sense of the word and this one uh, made me feel those feelings that i haven't felt about a space movie in, in a long time and in a realistic space movie at that like an apollo 13 or a or a gravity not like a star wars or sci-fi or anything like that i I think this is this is sci-fi, but uh, it's more it's more on the realistic side than the uh, than the logic leap kind of uh, science fictiony side to me. Other than the actual alien itself, but it goes about the subject matter of discovering alien life in such a kind of professional way that it ma- makes it believable. Uh, but Brian, what are your thoughts on life, and uh, did you enjoy it at all? Yeah, dude, I, I really like this one a lot, and it was I think the. I don't. I disagree, not with you, but with the, the overall feeling that too much was given away in the trailer. I actually think the trailer was very effective at driving people to theaters, and the, you know, this doesn't make a ton of money, but it's not. I don't think you can call it a huge flop, and I think it'll make a little money overseas. But I, I thought it did a good job of piquing interest without giving away too much of what happens. It's not. I would not call this particularly like high-minded science fiction. But what it lacks in that department, it certainly makes up for in just being a a thriller. Like a, it's it's you know it was scary, not the yeah. not the way that like the Babadook is scary, but very uh, to me because like, you know that kind of thing makes me cry. But um, it definitely had me on the edge of my seat, and it keeps it going the whole time. That the pacing is outstanding. Um, Daniel Espinosa is a director. You know, he hasn't really done a whole lot of stuff. I kind of liked Safe House uh, with, with Denzel yeah. and, and Ryan Reynolds, but that wasn't a particularly well-received movie. <laughs> my, my, um, my favorite thing about Safe House, Brian, is that the tagline was, no one is safe. Like, doesn't sound like a very <laughs> yeah, safe yeah. house yeah. to me. 
it's not the greatest tagline. Yeah. You know that that movie is like fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and that seems like pretty fair, you know. But, but it was, you know, I kind of uh-huh. enjoyed it. So I didn't really know what I was going to get from from him on that front. But gosh, the pacing—he nailed it on that. It's it's a you know an hour forty five minute movie that. Uh, stays up the whole time. You never... I don't think it ever really gets to a point where it starts to lull or anything. I love the beginning. I I mean, you set up everything that's about to happen in, I don't know, like three lines of dialogue, and then you're just going. And I, I think that's... Especially when... Uh, like I said, the movie's not particular. Like it's not just about the 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 I don't know the intelligent science fiction element of all this stuff. So just go, just go. It's a basically a horror movie, and that uh, done very effectively. I think. Um, I think all the cast was was pretty strong, and I love the creature design on on the alien. I thought that was awesome. Um, visually, it, it looks great. There's definitely some. I don't know, some plotting issues and uh, like you said, can't the, you know, the, that type of thing that you get in a lot of horror and sci-fi movies of like, why would you do that? That's yeah, you're going to die, dude. You're, uh, you're going to die if you do that. Oh, yeah. and he's doing it. He's yeah. definitely doing it. Yeah, and he's dead, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just uh, some some leaps in logic on that front. But but at the same time, that's also kind of to be just to be expected, I think. And you, you I don't know. It's like you should go into a movie like this thinking okay you get three you know like you get three uh cast members making a really stupid decision or characters making a really stupid decision and after that then i'm gonna start getting grumpy and i you know i think it it pretty well stuck to it uh and i man i had a i had a really i was i was very much excited about this when i was anticipating it it turned out to be a different kind of movie than i really thought it was going to be much more horror movie and much less sci-fi but i i dug it i, I like what it was doing and um it, i to me it was very very effective and uh kind of hit all the marks that it was trying to hit so i was i'm impressed yep. richard how about you man yeah so i think this operates uh kind of occupies rather an interesting space on kind of one end you have on the really high end you have gravity and on the low end you have passengers and yeah. this kind of operates that space in between. Um, there's, it's interesting. I think Alien is apt not so much in how well it's made, or it's not nearly as revolutionary. Or in, and obviously these things are are bound to be compared when they're both space with um, you know aliens. Uh, but uh, but there's stakes involved in this. Like there's you know you we people are going to die. It's not going to be like the feel good summer uh, blockbuster. Uh, type thing. So there's there's real fear. You, Brian, you touched that when you watched it, um, but it doesn't really reach the high level of like complete adoration of something like a Gravity. But this is a really interesting um, movie, and it it's uh, I thought the I thought the for a movie like this, the dialogue didn't have to be that good, and it was like actually pretty good. So like. You, now that you say the Deadpool thing, that makes sense because it was it was sharper and mm-hmm. and quicker than it needed to be. But yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this uh, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it was uh, it was realistic in that sense, and like the the panic that was going on on the ship and everything was was realistic. Uh, the dialogue of it, and um, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to write like what what people are going to be doing when everything goes awry on the ISS and uh, humanity is at stake, right? That, that's not an easy scenario to just be like, let's put myself, I'm going to put myself in that place, right? Right, you know? Uh, and I felt like this, uh, it, it totally 
captured what it would really be like. I mean, this was a very realistic movie in a sense to me. Uh, I think, you know, the the actual Martian itself comes from Mars, and uh, you know, Mars is obviously we think a, a, a planet that once inhabited life, and uh, and they. Speaking of the beginning, Brian, the first kind of big action moment of the movie is Ryan Reynolds like trying to catch this Mars capsule with this huge arm on the ISS, right? As it's flying by, uh, they only have like one shot mm-hmm. as this capsule is flying back from Mars uh, with this specimen in it, uh, or these samples of uh, of of Mars soil or or what have you, and. Uh, that was a cool moment when they have to catch the thing and it hits the ship and you don't know if it destroyed the ship or if they even caught it, but they actually did. That was cool. So we intro with that and then we get them actually creating the samples, right? Like separating the samples and and all that. I liked like the close up shots of that. I don't know why that I really enjoyed that moment where, where they're like putting the little droplets and the little, slides and everything you know and they're like putting it under the microscope and everything like the delicacy of that i just really enjoyed that um but as part of that part why why would you use rubber gloves when handling an alien entity i don't under you know let me just get these standard hospital rubber gloves and just touch this alien like there's no kind of protection you're gonna have other than that when you're dealing with it like gives the you most- zero uh, like if it could burn through those or attack those, you know, it's the thinnest possible layer of latex. Like, there's no there's no reaction time. If you have some big, thick snow gloves or something, at least you could have a couple seconds to throw them off or something. But you're right. It's the worst thing, worst form of... <laughs> that was the first moment I was like, dude, what are you doing? This is <laughs> this thing's either going to melt the latex or it's going to, like, bite through it or it's going to come straight. There's, there's no positive scenario that could come out of let me just touch this alien with these latex gloves right uh that that was a logic leap for me uh then we get a scene after they kind of plant the seed of the alien or they first they mix it with it with water right that's the first mistake like why would you mix any why would you give it the nutrients of water right if you're really trying to study i guess they're trying to create life in a sense you know like kind of water is like the key to life you know uh no pun Mm -hmm. intended but I just felt felt like that was a mistake. Like what you're just asking for something bad to happen. If you know, like, Oh, we have these samples that could be, could be life. Well, let me just feed it. You know, (laughs) let me just feed it some, (laughs) some nutrients and just see what's going to happen while we're in this, you know, we're sealed in this, uh, the space station together. Uh, so I knew, you know, you know, something's going to happen, of course, but, um, that's where I thought, I, I, I thought towards the end of the movie, they would be like, it was the water. We shouldn't have given it the water, you know, uh, that that was going to be the big regret. Like, um, it was going to be what set everything off. So after that, we get kind of the scene like Alien where everyone's kind of sitting around the table, right? Uh, they're all eating dinner, and that's where we kind of meet the personalities of that. That's obviously a mirror to to that movie, but I thought I would point that out for the people that didn't catch that the first time around. Uh, they say the point of discovering the alien life or, or studying the Martians – is to cure the incurable and reverse the irreversible. So they're hoping to use this as medicine of some kind, or at least discover what led to the destruction of Mars in some way. So I, mm-hmm. I found that interesting mm-hmm. that there is actually like a humanitarian aspect to 
what they were doing, and it wasn't necessarily just for the scientific uh, discovery that they were going to make. Um, the first big wow moment is when he's touching it again with the uh, the rubber glove, and it doesn't let go, right? Like, it, it grabs a hold of its Like, it's grown. Like, they know that it's grown, but it grabs a hold of his hand, and he's in this sealed lab, and everybody, the, all the other crew is watching him in this sealed lab, right? Because they're not going to be in the presence of the alien if they don't have to be. Uh, it grabs a hold of his hand, and the scene where it grabs a hold and everybody's just arguing about whether or not to go in to rescue him, right? I loved that moment. Anyway, Jake Gyllenhaal and yeah. and uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson are just debating whether they should go save, like whether it's worth his life to keep the alien alive, right? Because if they go in there, they know they're going to have to kill the alien or something as bad is going to happen, right? Like you risk this entire mission if you go in, save him, kill the alien, and it's done. You know, that's it. So they let him suffer, and it breaks his hand, and he pulls his hand out of the rubber glove, and it's like broken and disgusting and everything. Oh, that, that was as intense as... I'm not going to say the face hugger or anything like that because there's more comparable stuff in this movie to that scene. But that that scene was as intense, I don't know, as intense of a movie as I've seen, as, as intense yeah. of a scene that I've seen this year in a movie. It, it's right up there with Get Out as far as the cringy, got to look away, but you still kind of want to watch type stuff. Uh, that 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 kind of really sets the tone for, for what's going to happen. Um, the... He passes out, right? Uh, he passes out, and the alien itself is trying to escape. Like we, this is an intelligent creature, right? It's it's made of entirely yeah. of nerves and muscle. Like it's only brain and muscle, so that can't be good. And when it like, grabs the tool from inside the cage, and then like uses the tool to like poke <laughs> out of the glove, I was like, this is not gonna be good. Like this is. We're in the first 30 minutes of the movie and all of this is happening. Like this, some bad yeah. stuff is about to happen to these people. And uh, sure enough, it did. But, and man, uh, that was – like you said, the character design and kind of how it grows was creepy. Um, the alien itself – here's a question, Brian. We, we learn that the alien like senses blood, right? Like it, it devours humans and flesh and everything to get bigger. You know, it needs nutrients just like everybody else. When it surrounds the rat and like dissolves the rat, mind blowing. Just the CGI on that and everything was incredible. But um, yeah, if it if it senses, my question is: after it breaks the hand and it gets out of the rubber glove thing, and it senses the person there, why didn't it just devour the person? Right, right then at that moment. Yeah, well, I I think it's about being threatened. Right, because like it doesn't when it gets to the rat, it doesn't even attack. I mean, it's kind of sensing out and feeling out the rat, and then the rat bites it, and then it it dematerializes it. Basically, I mean, it just destroys it. So the in the, the same is said for you know the the poker, the electron that he's using there. You know, it doesn't it doesn't even come to life really until it gets a real jolt from it, and now it's a threat, and now it's got to figure it out. And even when we're in spoilers at this point. Spoilers. So just hear that out. Spoiler, uh, spoilers, spoilers. Attacks Say it again. Spoilers. Ryan spoilers. 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 Uh, spoilers. 
<laughs> when he attacks Ryan Reynolds, he doesn't, he, the alien doesn't do it right out. He kind of feels him out and sees what he's, he's been blowtorched three or four times before he really comes after Ryan Reynolds' character. And so I think that was a big part of it. Like, I think that's part of its evolution. It, it, it's implied that that's part of its evolution or it's, I don't know, it's rebuilding processes. Like, obviously, it's very small. It's got to figure out um, what environment it's in, what life is like around it. And then once it starts to grow, then it becomes, it's a, it basically becomes Jaws in space. Like, it's just, its sole mission is yeah. to feed. And, yeah. and it will go to any length to make that happen. Man, when Ryan Reynolds goes in to pull his body out, right? Like to pull the guy who, uh, by the way, his name is Arion Bakare. Hugh Derry was the uh, the character's name. But when he goes to pull, when Ryan Ren- uh, Rory is Ryan Reynolds' character, when Rory goes to pull Hugh out of the lab, right? He goes to, to uh, mm-hmm. the alien has detached himself and the alien is in there, but he goes to pull out and rescue him from the lab and uh basically they want to seal the alien in the lab right they want to isolate it into that one room so that they know where it is and they can hopefully you know uh i guess either destroy it or keep it from getting out when he goes in there and they get hugh out of the room and then they have to seal ryan reynolds in the room because they risk the yeah. uh, alien coming out oh my god i'm just like no you know like uh, <laughs> you just know it's about to go down and the alien yeah. like wraps himself around him and then like goes down his throat and he's trying to pull it out of his mouth as it's going down his throat and it goes like yeah, it's not pleasant. down he goes in his body and you can tell it's like inside his brain and like in his stomach and everything uh oh my gosh and it, and it basically devours him from the inside out right uh yeah yeah, it's good, pleasant. Good lord. Like how did you handle that, Brian? <laughs> like you don't like this guy of stuff. Yeah, like yeah. how are you just like, yeah. oh, this is cool. This is totally fine, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like I and mean, that's not my my type of it's not my my cup of tea, I guess. Uh but it doesn't bo- that stuff doesn't bother me near as much when it's an alien cuz I'm like aliens aren't real or if they are, they're not here yet. It's when it's like a human inside my house. That's when I'm super freaked out by that stuff more than anything else. Oh, that but that was, was definitely a uh, boy. That's a good way to uh, wow. That's fun because it's like 20 minutes into the movie, and so that's a pretty good introduction to what we're about to see here, isn't it? I mean, that's that comes not necessarily out of nowhere because you kind of know when he when he gets locked in there. Oh no, something bad's about to happen to Ryan Reynolds, but. Uh, maybe I didn't know that it was going to be that bad. <laughs> That's pretty much the worst thing that could happen to you, honestly. Yeah, he actually goes in there to a pull it out, but b destroy it with that like incinerator flamethrower thing, right? Yeah. Which uh, yeah. At I, that point, there's a moment where you're like more than any other else, any other moment in the movie. As far as the, hey, that's a stupid decision. The going in there, okay, I get it. You got to save your buddy. The attacking it with the incinerator, okay, that's fine. But there's a moment where he has it backed into a corner and it's hidden. And that's when you leave. Like, that's when you just get out of there, dude. And instead, he got eaten from the inside out. Like, you know, (laughs) like you do. Another bold strategy... Let's just kill off Ryan Reynolds like right at the beginning too. Like the one, the biggest star we have in this movie. Goodbye. You know that's an old Hitchcockian mm-hmm. kind of. That was uh, move. something I could kind of tell in the trailer. That like we talked about the trailer not being spoiled. Yeah, there was so little of him, and he's like so hot right now with dead Deadpool and everything. 
I physically and career-wise. Yes, yes. And I said, uh, I said out loud to Sarah, I think I was like, he dies in the first ten minutes of that. Like I'm calling it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had that Clooney and Gravity vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he actually dies. First of all, I was like, why would they have a flamethrower on the freaking ISS? But I, I understand that it was an incinerator that they had to like. Uh, Hiroki, uh, Hiroyuki Burn up Sonata. And stuff. He, yeah. yeah, he 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 instructs him how to disassemble the incinerator to create a flamethrower. So it wasn't like, hey, go grab the flamethrower. Yeah. You know, like they actually right. had to right. think of a solution to destroy the alien. So I thought that was clever too, and an easy kind of logic leap if they would have just had a flamethrower. Some people would have accepted that, but I would have been like, what is? why mm. you know yeah um so that makes yeah sense. it's really weird when they bust out grenades it's like come on like they don't have grenades on the international space station what are we doing right here? right exactly um so he dies and from then on it sets the fact that he had the incinerator he left it on right like he died while it was still active and that causes the the capsule to catch on fire right which then causes them to go into a separate part of the thing the alien gets out and it takes out the communications. Like this is a smart alien, you know. It, it's a. Uh, I was wondering, kind of the motive of the alien. Like, how smart is this thing? Is this just some biological entity that its only job is to feed, or is this like a really smart uh, thing that knows how to kill humans and like is gonna, you know, take over the world type of thing? Like, it knows mm-hmm. how we how we feel, how we communicate, and all that. Um, I didn't understand if this was like more humanoid in its kind of logic or if it was more just predatorial mm-hmm. you know i i had a hard time it, it really did straddle the line there and i thought they did a good job of uh of showing that uh it takes mm-hmm. out the communications then it goes gets inside a spacesuit which was crazy you know i think it, i think they actually survive that part of it but uh that was crazy um they didn't want to let it back in like they had this huge debate whether because it's outside, right? It's outside of the actual ship yeah. at that point. Why would you let the alien back in the ship? You know, like they weren't trying to do that. Uh, and I liked, and this is a big part of the movie, is that their number one goal is to keep it off the earth. Like at, at that point, the mission becomes, we're just going to try and not kill everybody. You know, uh, we're, we don't care if we die even. We're just going to try to keep this thing, keep humanity safe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, screw, yeah. screw what we're here for. If this thing gets to Earth, everybody's screwed, right? And they're constantly, uh, they're constantly battling that, and uh, and I appreciated that. So the thing actually knocks it out of orbit, and now they're in decaying orbit, which means that the ISS is going to crash, in uh, is going to crash on the Earth, or you know, it's going to break the uh, it's going to break the atmosphere. They're wondering whether this alien entity can even survive reentry, right? Like if they get it on the outside of the ship, it'll surely die. Like if it's latched onto the ship, it'll surely die. If we're, if we are uh, going through the atmosphere. Um, and so they co- they devise a plan to knock the spaceship back out of course. So like, we're just going to float into space with this thing. We're not even going to try to go back home. We're just going to save the world basically. Uh, instead of saving ourselves, we're just going to hopefully just knock this ISS into the, out of orbit and, uh, float into space and all die. And everyone lives happy over after, right. right. On, on the yeah. earth. Uh, right. Like yeah. that's the protocol from earth and they don't know, 
They don't that's know. The, 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 we're the not. Line, the, Brian, the line is we either let it in here or down there. Like they had a choice. Right. We either let well, it in with us uh, or everyone's going to die. Right. Uh, for them on the space station, at that point, they were just using their booster or their thruster, excuse me, to uh, to get the to get the International Space Station back on its its orbit. So at that point, they weren't just going to jump into space. The the space the sh- whatever the shuttle that comes up later push tries to push them out into space. But that first thing is, yeah, we we either let it in here uh, by not trying to burn it up anymore. We let it get back into the ship. And if we do that, then there's a good chance that the space station, cr- you know, falls into orbit and crashes to Earth. So it's or falls into the atmosphere right. and crashes to Earth. So they got to get it back on its track and get it back into orbit correctly on its particular orbit. Gosh, it is hard to talk about space. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. they're trying to get it back onto its to its orbital whatever the certain what it's supposed to be on its track. I thought another good logically. Uh, was or something that made logistical sense was how are they going to track this thing like how are they ever going to know where it is in the ship it's you know microscopic Mm -hmm. for most of the movie it does get bigger but if you're in one capsule and you're sealed in there how how are you going to know where it is and i liked the fact that it swallows i I guess hugh's leg or whatever and hugh i guess had a tracker and so they're tracking it through that around the ship i thought that was cool too uh cool little piece the reveal on that is so cool like that's so terrifying and creepy that he (laughs) that the alien is latched onto that guy's leg because he can't feel his leg because he has crippled legs like that's such a creepy creepy way to bring to kind of bust through the quarantine area that they have like that is that real i knew that was coming like i could just feel like obviously he's getting in here somehow but you could kind of see where that was going but when the reveal hits like oh my gosh that's so terrifying right and it goes back to the cure the incurable right like that's his whole mission is like i don't want anyone to end up to be paralyzed or to to not have the use of their legs or anything like Maybe this could lead to that not happening, and that's always the thing. So basically, Rebecca Ferguson and uh, I think it's Rebecca Ferguson, isn't it? And uh, mm-hmm. and Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal, yeah. they decide they need to save the world. So Jake Gyllenhaal is like, "All right, well, I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the alien, and I'm going to go out into space, and you're going to get in the other pod, and you're going to go home. Right? I'm going to save the world. Everyone, everyone's cool." Um. That was uh, didn't expect that. And but by the way, Jake Gyllenhaal, like that guy, I really do. This guy might be like the most, the best, most underappreciated guy. Like he's in good, like solid movies consistently, but no one gives a crap. Like Enemy, yeah. Prisoners, yeah. End of Watch, Nightcrawler, Southpaw, Everest, and Life. Those are his last movies. He did. Those are all pretty freaking solid movies. Uh, considering, you know, uh, the circumstances and he just can't catch a break. Like he can't get a, catch a glimpse at an award or anything like that. You know, like I thought he had a chance with Nightcrawler, um, but, uh, didn't end up happening, but I think it'll happen eventually. He's just got to kind of stick to his guns. Uh, and we'll Mm -hmm. talk maybe about him later this week when we, uh, I think we're talking Zodiac in our throwback spoiler alert. We are talking Zodiac, but, um, so we'll talk more Gyllenhaal, but. He was solid in this, and this is kind of a can't miss for him as far as, uh, you know, why would you not do this movie? And mm-hmm. did you like the Good Night Moon thing? I thought that was kind of clever, too. No. 
I didn't care for that. Oh, that was kind of that, it. It works at the end, you know. Like he, he kind of. I thought of it was pretty epic. How the music's like swelling and the Goodnight Moon like voiceover is happening, yeah. and they're like saying goodbye to the Earth in a sense, you know, and saying goodbye to their loved ones. I thought that. It, I, yeah, it maybe was a cool I grew scene. Up on the on the that, book or whatever. Yeah, that book is creepy as all get out. So I'm not a huge fan of it. Like when you read you. If you have a kid, anyone out there who doesn't have a kid, congratulations, first of all. But second, if whenever you do have a kid, that's a book that you will receive as a gift and you'll read it and you're like, oh, I remember Goodnight Moon from when I was a kid. Great. And you read it to your kid for the first time and it's really creepy because the illustrations are are very disconcerting. And then there's like, there's literally a page where it says goodnight nobody and it's like is he talking to a ghost i don't understand this book at all it's very very creepy so i wasn't when she brought that out i was like nope that book sucks i don't want it works it works in this context though when you say goodnight nobody and you're dying alone in space i know but then it also reminds you why is that page in the book that doesn't make any sense that is true very creepy um so basically they decide to save the world and uh you know, they, they both shoot out their perspective uh, little pods, you know. They shoot out their separate ways. Everything's going crazy. You know, they're flying through the atmosphere. You're you're cutting back and forth between Hall and her. And uh, then we cut to the Earth, right? This is the first time we've been on the Earth the entire movie. We cut to these, like, farmers, you know, in uh, Indonesia or something on this boat. And they look off in the distance and they see, they see the capsule land in the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's a cap. You know, they they row their boat over there, and again, we are in spoilers. Like this is extreme, yeah. like hundred thousand times war- spoiler <laughs> warning for this movie. Let me ask, it will can, ruin it. did you know this was coming? Did you feel it? Um, I mean, I'm, not. I'm a, I mean, I'm curious. I wanted it to happen, but I didn't mm-hmm. know it was coming. So, okay. uh, the cat. They go over to the capsule and. uh they go to open the hatch of the capsule and you realize that it's Ryan Reynolds. I mean that it's Jake Gyllenhaal in the capsule with the alien and mm-hmm. not her. Yeah. And that they had reversed and it's real the creepy capsule the thing that it's, ugh. they yeah. had reversed the capsules and she's actually the one flying to her death in space. Mm-hmm. And he's on the earth <laughs> with the alien. And yeah, when they start to open the capsule and you see his face in there and he's like, no, 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 you know, like telling him don't open <laughs> yeah. the door, you know, but they obviously don't yeah. speak their language. So they're just trying to save his life, you know, and yeah. that the last shot of the film is uh, that like overhead shot of the capsule with that like ominous mm-hmm. music playing over it and it just kind of pans away from it, you know. Oh, what an epic ending. I, I thought yeah, it was a really great. cool twist at the end. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know. I, I feel like I thought it, it was gonna be happy. Maybe, I thought it was gonna be like Gravity, where she man, comes down and yeah. she rediscovers life and what it means to live and all that stuff, you know, crap. Mm-hmm. And this was a really bold way I, to end it, and I was all in. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Give me more of that. I could have used one less shot of the two of them in space dr- and their pods kind of drifting because by the time by the time the shoot comes out of the pod and it's coming down to the water i was like i'm 99 percent sure the alien is inside that thing and it would have been cooler if we could have had just like 20 seconds less foreshadowing or one scene less and i don't know exactly how you pull it off because you do have to show a reason why it happened that way but to me it went just tiny bit too hard 
of uh, showing their, you know, their pods colliding and shooting off, and uh, man, because it was, it's such a cool ending and ter- and awful and depressing, and I guess the world comes to an end, which might not be a bad thing at this point, but you know, whatever. The, but it's, I, w- I would have liked just a tiny little bit less of uh, of an inclination that that was about to happen. I mean, people are going to complain about this and say, oh, they're just begging for a sequel with that. They're just setting up another one. I don't think so. Like, I think that's the coolest way to end no, this movie. Yeah, it's just like, like, yeah, I agree. This this thing happened and it was awful. And this is the story, you know? This yeah. is kind of how humanity yeah. ends, you know? I don't care if there's right. another one of these. I think Isolated, this is a really cool movie. Totally. And again, yeah. um, I mean, you know, the uh, the thing catches on fire and then that leads to... I mean, I mean, uh, it's so circumstantial. Every scene that happens is because something else happened before it, right? Uh, that's a very simple way to write a screenplay. Like, this leads to this, which then leads to this, you know? Because this happened, this mm-hmm. happened, you know? Uh, it's very simple, but oftentimes screenwriters don't even take advantage of the easiest structures to structure a movie, and this one did, and I think it uh, it worked well. So, let's yeah. hit grades here, Brian. Um I'm gonna give this a a minus, actually. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, that's that's about right where I'm at too. I think an a minus. There's you know there's little things here and there that could be cleaned up, and like I said, I I wish the ending would have been just a little bit tighter, where it would have caught me off guard instead of uh, me just feeling like oh it's definitely gonna be definitely gonna be the alien. Um, but man, I'm real, I'm super impressed with Daniel Espinosa's pacing. I, I thought the performances were really strong. It's man, it, it's fun. It's fun to see. I mean, I don't really like horror movies, but if I did, this is the type of horror movie I would want to see. Like this is a this is an interesting and uh, and kind of clever way to to pull it off, dude. The we didn't talk about the the way that the alien progresses. Oh yeah, it gets bigger it and is I, I yeah I, I didn't like the last. Man, I, I liked the that. first Alien, Brian. Like the first maybe half of the yeah, movie, how the it starfish looked. thing, the starfishy yeah. thing. I liked that, yeah. but when it like got a face and everything, it looked like lettuce. Like it was a lettuce monster. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like the last sequence, I was like, okay, that's a little too much. But the scene where it there's two or three scenes where it's like flying through the the uh, I don't know the the various. Uh, corridors in the international space station and i thought man that's really cool looking like it's it's creepy and affecting oh man i i, I dug it i thought it was great creature design so yeah a, a minus for me too strong movie richard i'm gonna go a little less than you guys i'm gonna go just on in terms of originality i'm gonna dig yeah, it true. just a little bit but it is super well made i'm gonna go b plus sweet well life is showing now go see it i'm sure you have seen it if you've made it into spoilers but uh, looking forward to more sci-fi epics this year. Just random. This is a random movie. Like when none of us had circled this coming into the year, you know. And here we are. Mm-hmm. We gave it an A on the show. So if that's anything, any indication, we're gonna, it's going to be a good year. Okay, let's uh, hit a quick recommend before we get out of here, guys. Weekly recommends. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to recommend another podcast, which is weird. I just discovered that that uh, there are other podcasts. I thought we were the only one on the medium, but somebody showed me like this place where you can download a whole bunch of them. I, what? I'm blown away. Totally crazy. Uh, my TV leader, Alan Seppenwall, used to have a great podcast that I listen to every single week called the Firewall and Iceberg Podcast. It's been dead for about a year. 
He has since moved to uh, a different website. He's at, I think he's at Uproxx now. They have a new podcast. Yeah, so they got a new podcast. It's actually, they have eight episodes out, but the first seven were like SoundCloud. They weren't on iTunes. They were trying to figure out how it was going to work and everything. They just this week uh, got got the got the podcast put up on uh, iTunes and other whatever whatever you use to listen to us. You probably can listen to them as well. So you can get all eight episodes there. It's called TV Avalanche. It's him and uh, Brian Grubb, also from Uproxx, and it's really good because Seppenwall is the best, and he kind of invented TV criticism or episodic TV criticism. Uh, even when he's one that even if I don't agree with his opinion on a particular TV show, I always agree with uh, his method and the way he looks at, at uh, the TV shows. He always brings a lot of great insight to it. And he's great interacting with uh, with listeners and, and readers and whatnot, too. They always have. It was always a big staple of the Firewall and Iceberg podcast was a listener question segment, and they are carrying that over to this one as well, and it's it's very good. I've Wait. listened to two or three of them in the last day or two, and you should check it out. TV Avalanche on the old iTunes or Stitcher or, or whatever it is you use. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I used to I used to read him on... Uh, uh, on Mad Men, but I haven't read him in years. I should read him on The Americans. I bet that's good. But Kent, you go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to recommend a documentary on Netflix. It is called Magnus, and it's about Magnus Carlsen, who is the youngest world chess champion. And he's from Norway, and this kid was, like, you know, in the top ten in the world when he was, like, 11. Like, he's a total savant genius at chess, and it's kind of about his upbringing and how much of a celebrity he is. And uh, how he wins the the World Chess Championship. And if you like chess, you'll like it. If not, it's a really cool documentary. It's crazy how big chess is around the world. Like, mm-hmm. like these guys are celebrities. I mean, they have paparazzi following them around everywhere. Like, they're that famous in almost every country but the U.S. Like, the U.S., we really don't care about who's good at chess and who's not, unless you're Bobby Fischer or something. And even then, he, <laughs> he uh, didn't end things too well with us. But... Um, it's a really cool story and interesting documentary. Really, really well done. And uh, chess is just a really interesting game. It's a, th- I mean, this kid is. He, they had scientists on there. They're like, this kid is smarter than a computer. Like, there's no other way to say that. Like, he is. He can outsmart a computer at chess, which is, I mean, theoretically impossible, right? So, uh, really cool stuff. Magnus M A G N U S. It's on Netflix. Really cool kind of sportsy documentary. And uh, worth checking out. So uh, that's my recommend, Richard. Awesome. I'm uh, I'm going to recommend a stand-up special, uh, kind of a unique one. Neil Brennan, who you may or may not know, he's one of the co-creators of Chappelle Show. Uh, is also a, a stand-up comedian of some renown. He has a new special called Three Mics on Netflix. Uh, Quasi new. I think it's been out a few weeks or months, but it was new to me. And uh, it's uh, I highly recommend it. It's a Netflix original stand-up special. And uh, it's been a really good year of stand-up so far. So yeah. uh, we'll continue that going on. And we've got a new Louis C.K. In, in a couple weeks as well. So so Neil Brennan, three mics. I, I watched the Chappelle specials, Richard. And I got to say, I like the Texas one better. I thought the jokes, I, 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 I thought the jokes were – I thought the jokes were more on point. Than the uh, than the L.A. one or whatever the uh, the other one was, but uh, really yeah, enjoyed I the think, Texas one. 
yeah, I, I, I like them both for different reasons. I think the Texas one is uh, it's more loose for sure, and it feels like what it would feel like to go to a Dave Chappelle show, I think, mm-hmm. which is totally full of merit. Uh, I like the LA one more because it's more of a tight, like traditional hour of stand up, and it's like, I don't know, it's like with um, with artists, it's like you can paint as abstract as you want, but I want to be able to see that you can paint perfectly also, and so like the LA one proves the the Texas one to be true, uh, but both are both are fantastic. It's good to have Dave back. Looking forward to the third one, hopefully later this year. Absolutely, looking forward to. Again, Louis is coming to Netflix. I think Seinfeld stuff drops pretty soon too. His Netflix specials and everything. So good year stand up too, man. Good year of entertainment all around. Okay, that's about all the time we have for this week's Mad About Movies podcast. Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be coming out next week. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at the same Mad About, Bob, Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. About it would be cool if, it'd be cool if we had competing <laughs> ones, though. Um, and, uh, or uh, madaboutmoviespodcast.com or at Richard Barden on the various social medias. Come say hello. I, I'll happily... Uh, creepily message you at 3 a.m. That's what I do. Oh, no. God. No, but, uh, but follow, follow everyone and follow the show at MAM underscore podcast on the Twitter. So follow me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find us at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Hit subscribe on iTunes. Leave us five stars. That helps grow the show. And uh, tell a friend. Stay in touch. Shoot us an email. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.